Hello, 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 savvy moms, savvy savers, savvy money makers. How y'all doing? How you doing? This is Elkie, CEO and founder of Savvy Moms Unite Career and Prosperity Catalyst, where I teach single moms how to have money show up in their life in a much different way, different than they've seen it before, different than they've ever imagined. So I'm on here to talk to you all about your money journey and how it's truly what you make it. Um, Your money journey is something that is very unique and very different to each and every person. No one person has the exact same process, struggles, wins. Um, They're all going to vary. And this is what I tell clients when I meet with them. This is what I try to impart on the women that I talk to about money. We want to compare our journey or we see someone else's process and go, oh my goodness, I want what they have. I want to do what they do. And we want to replicate exactly what they're doing, right? And we have to understand there's a unique, there's a unique way of doing things for each of us in some ways, right? There's definitely things basics that we will have to do. You got to manage your money. That's one thing. Everybody's got to do that. If you want to see success, if you want to see things go well for you when it comes to money, money management is key. That's numero uno. All of us have to learn that. You know, there's definitely going to be things that are similar, right? When I say similar, Money management is key. It's top. It's priority. You talk to any wealthy person, anybody who is doing all right with money, then they don't necessarily have like tons and thousands of dollars, but they manage their money. They will tell you that's key. It's management of money. And management of money could be you have a spending plan in place or some would call it a budget. You have a way to know how money is coming in and out of your account. That is simple. You have a system in place where you're aware, where you're knowledgeable, when you're understanding how money is coming in and out of your account. Okay. So that process for even managing will be different for each person. I have some clients who are like, you know what? I like writing down my budget or I like writing down what I spend. That helps me to keep track. All right, if that works for you, boo, do it. Some are like, I'm more app-based. I like my apps to automatically sort my expenses for me and tell me where my money's going. Even better. It's up to you. If that works for you, great. Some like, you know, desktop uh, uh, programs or software, like sort of like Quicken books or um, Wave accounting they might use even an Excel spreadsheet to track their their money and how they manage it. It's whatever process works for you. Because if I told you to do exactly what I do, it may not work for you and you may not stick with it because we, we are all married to a process, right? We all are very, we're sticklers, we're creatures of habit. Human nature is to do what makes us most comfortable. Um, and so... If that's not comfortable for you and you won't be consistent, I'm not going to tell you to do exactly what I do. Because if I did, you won't be consistent. 
And over the years when I've worked with my own um, process and I've worked with various financial coaches, let me tell y'all, I have patience for clients who are like, I didn't get it right the first time because I certainly did it. It took me over 10 years to get my money journey the way that I felt the most comfortable in the way in a way where I saw much success over 10 years it took me and you're talking multiple financial coaches in that process you're talking (laughs) I mean I did everything you can imagine I went through credit counseling I almost went to bankruptcy I went to a bankruptcy lawyer to speak to a lawyer to try and get um a bankruptcy case started and he was like girl he didn't say girl but I'm, I'm just paraphrasing here he was like girl um you're gonna have to figure this out he's like you're not a candidate for bankruptcy you can solve this like there are things you can do that will change your situation it's habits and I was happy that he prompted me to not go that route and just say hey you need to like go another way and and figure this out. Like you have habits that are preventing you from succeeding. Um, and I don't think we do enough of the, the introspective work to see what is the core of our issue on our journey. You know, and I wasn't doing that to be honest in those first few years of me working with, um, financial counselors and, and trying to get my money right. I wasn't doing the introspective work. It was all technical for me because I'm very, I'm a very technical person. Like it's got to make sense. Like there's got to be a step one, two, three for me for it to make sense. And so that's how I approached my money journey. And I thought, well, you know, all I need is a budget, right? And the budget's going to work and I'm going to fix this and I'm going to make it happen. And I realized The technical stuff wasn't going to work until I did some work on the inside, until I was ready to dump a lot of that negative, sordid history that I had with money, until I was really ready to understand how I viewed money, how I intentionally stopped money in my life and admit that to myself. I was never going to get to the point of where the technical stuff worked for me. Okay, I because I I don't care that I spent 60 bucks on eating out in one shot if I didn't understand how I perceived money and why that was important that I cared. So let me repeat myself. So if I'm only looking at numbers, right, I'm looking at my my spreadsheet, I'm looking at my app and I'm seeing how much I'm spending. All right, so in two months, I've spent $500 on clothing, or I've spent $600 on, you know, something random. Maybe I went and purchased, like, a big item. I purchased a new TV. When I knew I couldn't afford it, but I just purchased it because I wanted it, right? Then, I'm month three, I'm struggling to pay a bill. It didn't occur to me when I was spending the 500 and 600 that I would struggle to pay the bill in month three, right? Because in my mind, I wasn't thinking about money and the source of it and why it's important that I shift things 
when it came to my priorities. So I have to start thinking deeper than that before I start making the the attempts on my spending and trying to change my spending. Because what I was trying to do, I was trying to change the way I spend money before I dealt with my understanding of money. And I was always going to fail. <laughs> because I didn't I didn't have a full understanding of money. I didn't understand money more than what it what more than you know, you have it and you don't. That's that's as simple as I understood it. You have money and then you don't have money. But then I started to do some work and with you know my my coach that I had that I hired about uh, four years ago now. I had sat with him and the first thing, you know, before we even started talking budget, cause I was like, I'm making good money, I'm making the most I've ever made in my life. And I can't understand why I'm still living paycheck to paycheck. Like I understood when I was making less, when I was making 28,000, you know, why I was struggling. I understood it then, but why now? Why am I struggling now when I'm making the most money I've ever made? I have no rent to pay because my company takes care of of my rent. I have no utilities to take care of that. I don't even have to worry about food I can eat in the cafeteria for free. What is happening with my money that it's just dwindling? Like I'm not having money at the end of the day. And when I tell y'all at the time, it really didn't hit me. I was really wondering if money was seeping out of my account in this black hole, in this foreign place that I didn't know of. Um, I, I just thought somebody was stealing from me. <laughs> I was not paying attention to my habits. I was not paying attention to my speaking over my money. I was not paying attention to years and cultural understandings of money. I just really believed that it was all about the technical. It was the actual, like, I gave money to someone and that was it. Or And, and as long as I'm paying my bills and spending however I want to spend, it shouldn't matter, right? I wasn't considering I had some really foul understanding of money. So when we, he asked me, he said, okay, so... What is your understanding of money? What is your relationship with money? I was like, relationship? People have relationships with money? It's there, it's paper. Like, relationship? What are you talking about? Like, this is this my boo? Is this some dude I'm dating? Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, no, I'm he's like, I'm asking you, what is your relationship and understanding of money? And the question stopped me because I had never been asked that. I had never been even told to think about that when I'd work with other counselors. They had just told me like, all right, so I see what you're spending. Here's your budget. Go spend it. Like, go go stick to it. They would tell me, you know, I would give them a list of all my expenses, what I needed to pay for. And they would say, all right, well, this is, and this is what I made. And it'd be like, all right, well, this is what you can spend your money on. You have to spend $60 on this, $50 on that, $100 on this. And that was it. That was that was basically the process. And even when I first started working with clients prior to my own personal um, deep work, I was doing the same thing with them. The same thing that they would do, the, the other counselors, just giving the budget, saying what you spend, spitting back a budget to, to the client, that they, I was doing that in the beginning of my business. And I recognized how important it was to do the introspective work first because I saw the impact it had on my journey 
And then I started changing up even the way my clients manage their money. I wanted it to be more personal for them because I couldn't use the same tools for every client. Every client's not the same. Every client comes from various walks of life and various understanding of money. I even had to change my process with the one-on-ones that I would have with clients. So I'm like, oh, wow, well, this client, you know, needs more of this versus this client needing more of that. And it just changed the way I approached them. Even with my, my group, I was like, I wanted to be like giving them the tools. Here's the tools. Here's how you do this. And then I realized, well, they're not making the leap yet because we haven't worked on our understanding and our relationship with money. So going back to the conversation with my counselor, my financial counselor, and him asking me what was my relationship with money and me having to explain, it was a very sordid one. I... From a child, I watched my parents struggle with money. And they were hardworking. They are hardworking people. And they, I mean, I saw these people do amazing things with so little. And they just killed it. I mean, they were like doing everything in their power to take care of their family. Working three jobs sometimes. Each. Okay? Each. Um... Being able to buy the house with money that my dad made from a business he was in. Because my dad was an entrepreneur when he was in Africa. So he tried to bring those same entrepreneurial spirits to America. And it was tough because it ain't easy. Um, but he still tried to hustle and do a business while working. He, I used to go with him. I remember going with him as a kid to the local thrift Saturdays for him to sell his products. Um, and watching him do that and not even realizing that was influencing my understanding of what I'm doing right now. Um, you know, he had that, they both had that, I'm going to hustle to get what I get. And, but also watch them really go through it financially. I, I watched them almost lose the home twice. I watched them have utilities cut off. I remember we had no heat for a whole year. It was, it was rough. And so my relationship and understanding with money was, it is scarce. You have to work super hard to get it. It is tough. It's a struggle. It will not end. That struggle will always be part of your life. So what do you think happens when I'm making the most money in my life? More money than some of my siblings. And I have no bills to pay. I have no rent to pay. At all my utilities, all I got to do is pay some credit cards, my student loan, and a car note and insurance. Which at the time, my insurance, Lord, I wish it was this price today. It's 80 bucks. Okay, guys? Because I was living in this really rural area that they barely, you could leave your car door open overnight and nobody was taking that car. People would like literally go knock on your door and say, hey, you uh, left your car open. Um, you left your windows down. Or they'll shovel your snow for you. Like, it was just that kind of neighborhood. So, I mean, all that, and I'm still struggling with money. And so when I explained to him what was, you know, what happened as a child and what I witnessed, he said, well, that's your understanding of money. You understand it to be a struggle. You feel that you're always having to go through a struggle. So you put yourself in a struggle. You overspend 
and you spend to your limit because you don't know that if you are actually thinking about your money differently, you'll spend differently. And it was like a light bulb went off in my head like, oh, so if I understood money differently, I would spend differently. And even, let me tell you, even at that moment when the click happened, it still took some time because I'm undoing years and years of stuff, which I always tell clients, what you're trying to do, you're undoing a lot of cultural understanding, a lot of childhood memories around money. You're, you're undoing a lot. So if you don't get there right away, forgive yourself and keep going. And I had to remember that on that journey when I was like ready, you know, it took me a few, the first three months, I'll tell you, I would go on, I would meet with him virtually every month and he would, you know, he said, just track your expenses. Don't worry about budgeting yet. Spend like you normally do, but all I want you to do is track it. And at the time I was using this, um, desktop, uh, version of envelopes and envelopes m-v-e-l-o-p-e-s which is an accounting software um personal accounting software so it was connected to my debit card and all my credit accounts everything like everything where I was spending money it was connected to so it would track my credit card spending it would track my loan payments any outstanding loans that I had anytime I made a payment it would track that because it connected to all the systems so it was really cool and whatever I spent, it was like, he's like, don't worry about it. Just make sure you're tracking it and assigning your expenses. So that's what I was doing. And listen, like I said, the light bulb went off, but it didn't stay on. <laughs> and so by month three, he's like, all right, so we at the 90 day point. I want to see how you're doing. And so I'm thinking I'm good because once again, the light bulb went off, but it didn't stay on. So I'm thinking I'm good. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. When he started showing me the graphs of my spending and I saw how much money I had spent on certain things, I was upset. I was upset, upset, upset with myself because I realized what was happening. And then it made me think even deeper about what was going on in my life at that time. So one of the things that struck me was how what I spend on clothing. I love clothes. It's still to this day I love clothes. You you show me a bargain and I'm gonna make it work. I, I will make a bargain work. I, I am a bargain shopper. I love deals. I it it's like I got a rush out of finding the best deal when it came to spending on clothes. I I will be on my phone. T- t- computer try to find the best deals because I just love clothes I love wearing different outfits I love shoes I love handbags at one point I own over 50 handbags so I I was just like wanting to dress this body up (laughs) so when I saw what I spent in a three-month span on clothing it was like whoo over $800, guys, that I had spent on clothing in three months. And at the time, I think I had gotten, like, some extra money. And I just went ham. I mean, I went ham. On just myself. 
That's not including what I spent on my daughter. Because if I included what I spent on my daughter, it was close to $1,000. Okay? And I'm just looking at it like, what did I buy? Because I, I really didn't know. I really couldn't comprehend it. So he's like, well, I, I see what's going on. He said, you have a classic issue, overspending. And it's on things that people typically have issues you know, scale, scaling back on. And it's like, it's clothing and eating out. Cause eating out was like close to 200 and something dollars, you know, which is a lot for me. I don't spend, I, I, I would like to eat out, but I was mostly like, all right, you know, grab something real quick. But when you get free food from your job, why are you eating out so often? So it was like t- Three, I think it was like 300 or something, close to 300 in three months. So I was spending, spending way more than I should on eating out and clothing. And then when he showed me what my credit accounts looked like and what I was spending over time because I wasn't paying them off fast enough and the amount of interest, I was like, I could have taken that $800 and paid off one of my cards. I could have taken that two to three hundred dollars and paid another bill. Like it was just that's when it occurred to me. I was I was I was not prioritizing my spending the way I should. I wasn't thinking long term about money gains, what it would mean to have that money back in my account to do other things. And it took a long time for me to recognize that. I mean, it took three months for me to say, whoa, okay pull back and he said why are you spending so much on clothes and eating out and it's even started to get me to think about where I was at that point in my life and although this was a wonderful job and it was a great place for my daughter in terms of like her having other children around um I was really lonely I was really having a lot of like alone time and I didn't really have a social outlet I didn't have anybody to check in with and I was away from my my core family my immediate family so I was just by myself a lot with me and my daughter and it was lonely I didn't really have I had friends where I worked but it wasn't as deep with a lot of people I had a few people that I was close to but in terms of like deep crazy connections I only had that with two people that I worked with so it was hard it was hard to be there and enjoy my life because my life was my work so the only outlet that I felt I had was shopping the only thrill that I would get was going on on the weekends and spending money or ordering from Amazon. Like I got a thrill out of that. It's 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 funny now, you know, but when I started to think about it, I was like, this is really pathetic. And you know, like what is going on that I'm having to resort to overspending and shopping so much to cover. And then I even went deeper. I was like, oh, this goes back to me seeing money as scarce and spending it because I'm afraid it's going away. So let me get what I want now because I, I may not get this again. So it was, the, it was that piece. And then it was, I have struggled so long now that I'm good 
like I'm making good money. I want to look like I got money. So buying clothes and going, you know, when I would go back home to visit, um, having this new outfit, new handbag, getting a flashy car. I had a car that when I started the job, it was in decent shape. The interior was just a mess because my daughter had destroyed it. It was cloth interiors and I don't like cloth interiors. So I wanted a car that represented my new status. I'm making money now, baby. Let my car reflect that. So I went and got this. I started leasing expensive cars because I wanted this image of, I got money, guys. Don't y'all see? I got money now, baby. I'm rich now. I'm rich. I actually thought at that point I was rich. (laughs) I laugh about it now. But I was like, yeah, I'm rich, bitch. Like, I got money. And I slowly realized that was the wrong approach because your wealth comes from a whole different place. It's not what you can show on the outside. It's your thinking about money. That is building wealth. So when I started to really take my credit seriously, my credit has so much more buying power than cash. So I got to fix my credit. And I flipped it in my head. Like, one day I want to do major things. I can't let my credit slip. Because before credit didn't matter to me, I was like, well, I can ride this 500 plus score. I can ride this 600 score. It don't matter to me. But when I started to see the impact of credit on so many things, how it, it forced me into car loans that were horrible. It forced me into loans in general because it just was horrible my credit I was taking so much money to pay credit cards didn't have much disposable income so I went on this journey this hard and intense journey I said in 18 months I'm gonna pay off these credit cards and at the time I had eight I had eight credit cards and a few of them were maxed out at that time so I said I have eight credit cards In 18 months, I'm going to get rid of five of them. Like, I'm literally going to pay them off and not deal with them again. That was my goal. And I was going to keep one account open because I wanted to maintain at least one or two open accounts. So I went hard, guys. I went hard. And I just was, like, focused. So I started, you know, I did the snowball effect. I looked at the highest interest credit cards first and I, or the highest balance credit card first, and I started to say, all right, whatever I'm paying monthly, I'm going to find money in my, in my spending to add to that, to take care of it. I'm going to make extra payments each month, which make a huge difference. And so I started doing that. I started putting extra towards every credit card that, that had the highest interest and highest amount. And then suddenly I was getting down to like a lower amount. It's like, all right, I'm going to pay it off. So I paid off the first one. There was an account that I had that um, I had an 18-month interest-free deal. If I paid off that card in the 18-month, I would have saved saved $900, guys, in interest. $900 in interest. So I was like, boom, that's done. Took care of that. All of a sudden, I get to month 18, and I'm on my sixth credit card, about to pay it off. The power of intentions and the power of understanding. 
You see, before, that didn't matter to me. So paying off those five to six credit cards in 18 months would never have been a goal for me because I didn't understand credit and I didn't understand how it was really important to my purchasing power. But what I understood, wait, if I pay off these five to six credit cards, that's money coming back into my account to do what I want with it. Not to go spend it on clothes, but to really do what I want, start saving money and having money. Do you know what that turned into? My savings, which I then brought with me when I moved to Georgia years later. I was able to take that money and actually start my life here in Georgia without having a job for a good six months. Do you see the transition? Because I started to see money different. I was like, no, it's got to take care of not just my needs, but also my desires, but it's got to be smart. That was for me, the journey. It still is today. When I look at my money, I'm like, listen, who would have thought me, Elkie, would be so into stocks and investments? Because I always said I wanted to do it, but I never got invested in it because I didn't see the value until I started thinking about retirement. And I started reading about people and wealth building and they were saying stocks, investment in real estate. That's what's going to build your wealth. That's going to build your portfolio. So you got to think deeper than that. So then I started going, wait a second. So the credit, building the credit to make sure I can do these things and lessening the amount of money going to consumer credit and going to loans, there's more free money to invest and save and do the things that I want to do. Things that I hadn't made a priority before because I wasn't thinking deep. I wasn't thinking on the level that I needed to think. So how do you do the introspective work? What are some things that you need to do now? First, right? First, you need to think, what is my relationship with money? How does it impact the way I feel about things in my life? How does it allow me to see my future as a possibility? What, what do... What happened as a kid with money? What is, you know, sometimes I'll tell my clients, think of your first experience with someone giving you money. How did it make you feel? Who was it? What was their relationship to you? Who taught you about money? Because a lot of us aren't taught directly about money. We watch. So who who were you watching and how, how were they dealing with money? How has that influenced you as an adult? Start to think about that. Write it down. And then as you're getting to the core of it, say, okay, so how do I change this story? How does my journey now become about maximizing my profits, maximizing money in my life, seeing the the abundance opportunities in my life? How do I bring money back into my world? What What are some clogged ducks that I need to unclog? What are some, what are some stop, what, what flow am I stopping here? When I'm not taking care of my credit, when I'm not taking care of my loans, when I'm going to buy a car, when I don't need to buy a car right now, when I'm going to, you know, take money from my house to go do something right now that might hurt my house. You know, my house got to be taken care of first. House money should never be impacted. House money is what it is. You got to pay it, right? So your house money should never be affected. What am I doing to impact my house money? What are some spending habits that I need to check? 
I still don't buy clothes. I still buy clothes today, guys. Will I ever spend $800 in three months? Hell to the no. Never. We'll never do that again. But I still enjoy the pleasure of getting some nice things to myself. I treat myself. I say, okay, every month, there's a certain amount that I'm going to spend on clothes. I have my limits on what I'm going to spend on clothes because clothes is clothes. It doesn't pay me back. But what am I going to spend on things that pay me back a lot more? So, yes, the, the $800, I'd rather take that and put that in an investment account. Different than what I thought before. And as time goes on, you'll, you'll start to think more deeper about your journey because you have to. Especially you have kids. You got to think about long term. What does your kids are going to have more needs as the years go on. So how do you take care of those needs? How do you make sure they're straight so that you're good too? Right? And then it becomes more about teaching them different. So now I talk to my daughter about money in a different way than my parents did. But my parents only knew what they knew. So when you know different, you do different. Right? So... What is it that you got to do on your journey right now to get you to see the money flow in your life, to see, to open up those, those opportunity windows of opportunities that's going to give you the, that's going to let you maximize the most that you have right now and gain more because I'm always about maximizing what you have right now. I think we don't deal with that a lot in the financial community, maximize what you have right now and then let's gain. Deal with what the income is right now. And then let's get some money too, right? Because you got to deal with what you got right now. What do you really have? What is your real income level? Let's deal with that. Okay, this is what it is. All right, so what are you supposed to be doing? Let's take care of the house first. Because the house is about half your income, right? Where's where's your house money? Uh, your house money's good. Where are you taking money to put into other things? Where's the 10% going? 10%, 10 to 15% should be going to savings. Are you making that happen every month, every paycheck? Or are you still sitting there waiting to, to do it next month? Okay? Because I'm worried about the house and the, and the 10 to 15%. The other stuff, you, you can manage, you can work out. But the two most important things for me, when I'm doing a budget with a client or spending plan, where's your house money? The half that you're dealing with, utilities, the the place you lay your head, transportation, even kids' needs could go in there. But where's where's half of that income going? And then where's that 10 to 15% in savings? Because you need one. There's no excuse. We have a way to, we can all do it, but we don't, we choose not to. Where's your 10 to 15% going? How can you even make it happen? Your journey is unique, but it's similar in many ways to others. You got to find what makes sense for you. You got to find the action steps you're willing to take. That will give you the maximum that will maximize your current income and help you gain more in the end. Thank you so much. This is Elkie, CEO and founder of Savvy Mobs Unite. Continue to follow me here on all platforms where this podcast is broadcasted. You can also join my Savvy Money Mindset Group. This is for single moms and single ladies looking to change money in their lives. This money journey is for us to get what we came for. 
I will not leave this earth until I get what I came for. My life will always be different because I will think differently. So therefore, you need to do the same. Take care. Have a blessed and wonderful day. And I'll see y'all soon.